Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DNM on the stuff that matters. Hello, Lozzie. Good morning. How are you? Going good today. How You're are you? Glowing. I have makeup on. <laughs> Maybe that's why. I've got a little bit of foundation on. I'm right at the end of my foundation. I'm still, you know how last week I said I yeah. ran out? I didn't. I've had it like the Just keep upside down. Oh, yeah. I get yeah. a little drop every morning. Well, trick. not that I wear it every morning, but no, yeah, I'm still lovely. going. I'm going to wait until it gets to the end. Yeah, we both use the same foundation. So I think we have to buy it online and find it. So no, they run out of our, it's a. The um, colors that we use are out. I'm Stop. gonna get it wrong. Charlotte, Charlotte Tilbury. T- Charlotte Tilbury. Light wonder. Light wonder. Yes. yes, it's a very light coverage foundation, which we love. Yeah, but what our our both of our shades are sold out online. So. Yes. So anyway, we're on rations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know what? Speaking of, it la- has lasted us a year. Yeah. Both of us have had it for exactly the same time. Yeah. So we must have the same foundation habits. Is that your special share? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. My special share. Would you want me? You go first. I feel like I just went on about foundation. Okay. <laughs> Need to have a break. <laughs> My special share is um, Vampire Diaries. <laughs> because. What? Is that a series? Vampire Diaries. Yeah, it's a okay. series. It's really old. Like a really old series. It came out, I think, when the Twilight books came out. Um, and I was a big fan of the Twilight Saga, so I've been meaning to watch this series for a very long time. It's not connected at all. It's just it's similar in the way that it's like love and fantasy and everything. Um, but I'm addicted, and I think what I love about it is I'm on episode 13 of season one, and there's eight seasons. Oh, my goodness. And each season has like 20 episodes, and they're all like 45 minutes long. So I've got a lot ahead of me, which excites me. I hate it when you get into a show and then you realise there's only one yeah. season, so you try and, like, watch it so slowly, whereas this one, I'm, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. So for any vampire fantasy lovers out there who was like me and never got around to watching The Vampire Diaries, it's still worth a watch. Yeah, I never got around to it. Not sure but I you're will. not into, like, <laughs> I'm not into yeah, it, like, sci-fi, fantasy, fantasy yeah. fiction. Yeah. I like, no, is it? What? It is yeah, fiction. I like non-fiction. Yeah. Yeah, but movie, movies and TV shows don't well, have to be true. non-fiction. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, what's your special Very share? Very true. Okay, my special share is a podcast again, and mm-hmm. this one is, it's one of Oprah's podcasts. It's, oh, I saw um, you share this one. Oh, no, it's actually not the one I shared. Oh, really? Yes, so oh. I've had a bit of a binge listen to her podcast over the weekend, <laughs> yes. So the one I listened to and shared on Instagram was her conversation with Amy Schumer, but that's not, I, I recommend that. But the one I'm recommending now is the conversation with Oprah and Michelle Obama. Oh, that would be a good uh, one. Yes, it was amazing. And something that I loved, and I also, I've read her book. Her book is still my favourite book that I've ever read. That's called Becoming. And she's actually sold um, 12. Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama sold 12 million of those books. Crazy. It's the best selling memoir, I think, of all time. They That's said on crazy. the podcast. Yeah, pretty cool. Very so cool. It's, it's a good book. It, I recommend it, but you probably heard of it because 12 million people. <laughs> well, I mean, I've also heard you recommend it probably 10 times. Anyway, so it must be a good one. So, the, with this podcast, what I loved about it is um, Michelle Obama speaks a lot about self doubt. And yeah. what I think is so the her kind of viewpoint on it is that it's 
it comes from within and mm. Oprah and her spoke about, and this is something I think that we relate mm. to so much. And we even went into this on, on this episode of the podcast a little bit. You kind of wait for something to happen and, mm. and then you're worthy. So it's like, if I become more successful in my career, if I get a promotion, yeah. if I do this achievement, then, then I, yes, happy. then I can be proud and totally. then I'm not going to have self-doubt. But totally. that actually, all that validation will not help with mm. our self-doubt. Like it actually totally comes from within. Totally. Um, and I just thought it was a really... Like and I mean, it's such an easy way to think about it, but I'd never kind of thought about it that way. So yeah, I loved it. So I highly recommend. Sounds good. Yeah, it goes so, for an hour, I think. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Next time I have a Big long listening. trip, I'll listen to yeah. that one. Today's podcast is part two of our breaking a negative relationship, and we have got a very special guest who Lawsy got to speak to. What have we got in store, Laws? Yeah, so today we have got Mel Schilling on the podcast. So you might have seen her on Maths as one of the relationship experts, but she also has a really big passion for helping women find their confidence. She has had an incredible career from being a psychologist to a consultant in the corporate world and has made a move recently in becoming a confidence coach and specializes in human behavior and performance. Mel offers some really practical advice advice in this chat and um, we hope that you guys enjoy it. Hello, Mel. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, Laura, thanks so much for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> and we think after last week's episode, Steph and I kind of started talking about things and then we thought, oh my goodness, we need to get an expert on here. Mm. So I thought you would be so perfect for this. So thank you. We wanted to start off with speaking about the signs that we can look out for if we are in a negative relationship. Mm, this is a great one. And I think one of the strengths that women have that we don't always tap into is our intuition. Um, you know, another way to look at it, if you want to be a bit more scientific, is to talk in terms of our emotional intelligence. These are skills that we have inbuilt and we don't often tap into them or we hear them. We hear that little voice coming up from inside of us and we push it away. So one way to think about it is we see a red flag and we colour it pink, you know, that, and that's when we start making excuses. So let's say, for example, you're in a relationship with someone and they're speaking to you in a way that's a little bit disrespectful and you're just starting to gradually notice maybe some of that derogatory language sneaking in or maybe some eye rolling, a bit of that contempt sort of behaviour is starting to, to build up. So you might get that little voice, that intuition coming up inside you and saying, no, this is not okay. This is not how I want to be treated or deserve to be treated. Essentially a red flag. What I find is really common for women to do to go, Mm, it's not red. It's really only pink. It's kind of a pretty flag, you know. It's quite <laughs> nice. I might just leave it around for a bit of time, and and then the the excuses and justification starts to sneak in because you know there's this what we call a confirmation bias that comes up in our mm. brain, and essentially, if we're wanting to prove something right, we then look for evidence for it in our environment. And so, you know, you might start saying to yourself, oh, but he made me dinner the other night and, oh, you know, he walks the dog when it's dark and he makes an effort and, you know, he does put out the rubbish and, you know, all of those excuses mm. start to build up and essentially it's a way of sort of tricking the brain into saying the red flag's not there, everything's going to be okay. It's so true as well. I think what we spoke about last week with our guests was that, it's you look back on situations and relationships you've been in and 
you kind of think, oh my goodness, how could I have let that happen? But mm. at the time, you know, you can have 99 things wrong, but there's one that's right. And, and yeah. we do, we seem to hang on to that yeah. um, with our partners, which, yeah, so that I totally relate to that. You always look mm. for the positive thing because you kind of, you want to find it. So mm. you do. And I think really the the overarching issue here is about self-worth. Mm. Getting really clear on what it is that you deserve and what you believe you should have in a mm. relationship and, you know, turning these into your deal breakers. I think women are not hard enough when it comes to putting our foot down and being clear about, about what we will and won't stand for. Um, mm. And, you know, of course, this is such a sensitive and topical issue at the moment with everything that's happening in terms of violence against women. And I think what we're talking about here really are the early warning signs. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think and another thing that I think that it can lead to um, that we spoke about last week was a power imbalance mm. in a relationship. You know, it could be um, between two women or between two men sure. or between a man and a woman. But how, what are the signs of a power imbalance mm. and do you have ways to kind of try and balance that back out or is it kind of the best to leave a relationship when you start to feel that? Okay, so it's a really good question. And look, some relationships can work with a power imbalance mm -hmm. as long as it is firstly consensual. So mm. both of those parties are entering into that relationship knowing and agreeing with the way that it's going to work out. Because of course there are some people who want to be led in a relationship mm. and that serves them and, and it works for them. And there are also some people who want to dominate in a relationship and providing you know, their partner is on board with it, then that can work. Mm -hmm. So let's just park that to mm -hmm. the side for now. <laughs> so we're not talking about that. I think reading what you're saying, you're talking about when there's a, a non-consensual power imbalance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... Really, the, the first signs of this are a little bit what we were talking about before mm. with that voice inside you saying, I'm not comfortable, I'm not safe, I don't enjoy the way this dynamic is forming. You know, when we look at the flip side of that, so healthy relationships, you should feel in a healthy relationship like you're being lifted up, mm. like you have a voice, like you are valued and you are powerful. You know, a healthy relationship should take you from, you know, zero to hero mm -hmm. <laughs> on a daily basis. That's really what we're talking about here, mm -hmm. you know, from a self-esteem perspective. Um, so if you are in a relationship where you feel that you don't have a voice or that your voice is fading, because these relationships often don't start out as dysfunctional as, you know, we're describing. They could start out quite normal, quite healthy. But if you're noticing that your voice is fading, so gradually you start to see that, oh, I'm making a request for something to be for us to do together and it's being shut down immediately. Or, you know, my preferences around X are just being disregarded mm. and it's all about his or her needs. So, you know, coming back to that fundamental sense of having your needs met in a relationship is really what you're there for. And is it important to check in with your with your partner at that stage? Because Steph and I have spoken about I don't know if you believe in this, but the um, the love the book about love languages, the five sure. langu love yes. languages, and you might 
um, show affection and love by um, acts of service, but your mm. partner might need words of affirmation. So is right. it important to check in about those kind of things if you are feeling that way? Yeah, absolutely. Look, one of the things I, I talk, to, talk about with couples is having, you know, a, a date night once a week. And yeah, that's, that's not, nice. Yeah, absolutely. Do the fun stuff and, you know, have that that shared couple time together but if you can build into that you know maybe you say this is what we do at our pre-drink before our dinner is we do a check-in and it's just that sense of you know how are you tracking in the relationship how are you feeling about the way I'm speaking to you and are you getting your needs met you know you don't have to use that language (laughs) but just a bit of a check-in on how are we going Um, it can really I guess stop some of those issues getting out of hand and spiralling um, because you're being, you know, really open and transparent in your communication. So almost over-communicating yeah. is better than... I mean, that's kind of in all aspects of life, isn't yeah. it? Communication is key. Absolutely. And if you overdo it, I suppose there's no harm in, in that. That's right. It's like taking too much vitamin C. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to hurt you. You'll probably just pee it out. <laughs> so next, um, I would love to talk about breakups. Mm. So... Is there a wrong or a right way to break up with someone? I think it all boils down to one word and that's respect. Yeah. So if we want to use that as our yardstick for what is right or wrong, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good place to start. Um, You know, there's something that I really believe in called dating or relationship karma. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that whether it's just a single hookup or a long-term relationship, the way that you choose to exit um, that dynamic really has an impact, I believe, on, you know, the the broader dating and relationship Mm -hmm. sphere out there. So, you know, if you do take the time to invest a little bit in that breakup, I mean emotionally invest, Mm. you know, to sort of give that person some feedback on where they went wrong or how they didn't meet your needs. Give them something that they can actually take and learn from. Then they're going to pay it forward and they're actually going to use those Mm. skills in that next relationship. Now, you might say to me, oh, but it was a ridiculous relationship (laughs) and he dragged me down and why do I owe that to him? And you know what? You don't. You don't owe it to the person. So it is very much about, um, you know, when they go low, I go high. Thank you, Michelle Obama. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a great philosophy. And, you know, there's something here about just being the bigger person, Um, ensuring that whatever happens in that relationship when it unravels that you try your hardest to maintain respect Mm. and a bit of empathy for that person. So does that mean no text breakups or does it really depend on the situation? I'm going to say it depends. Okay. Um, And it's very much about what is normal communication in that relationship. Okay. You know, and I certainly do know of couples where the the normal way for them to have deep and meaningful conversation is via text or via email. So that's their normal. Therefore, Mm -hmm. that would be okay. However, if you're a very verbal and tactile couple and what's normal is to sit on the couch and stare into each other's eyes when you have a conversation, (laughs) then a text is going to be really out of the ordinary and a bit hard. Okay. I have I have to say I've ended one relationship over text before mm-hmm. and I felt so bad. Mm. <laughs> I've never done it again. Did um, it feel normal in that relationship? Uh, yeah. Well, it, I was quite young Yeah. and I tried to break up with, I remember I was about maybe 16 or 17 and okay. I tried to break up with him in person and um, 
he said to me that I didn't know what was best for myself. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) We love hearing that. I thought, oh, goodness. Okay, Mm. I'm going to have to take drastic measures here. Uh So I sent a text, turned my phone off for a day. (laughs) 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 So it was kind of a funny situation. But anyway, that's the only time that I've done it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So what about um, taking advice from your friends? Because I think Mm -hmm. going back to what you said before about finding the the one good thing that we usually can find about Mm. someone if we're having kind of a hard time in a relationship. Mm. often with your friends obviously your friends or people around you want the best for you and sometimes it can be hard to talk about your relationship because of course no one really 100% understands it unless they're in it so how much kind of I suppose weight should we give to Mm -hmm. other people's advice around us when Mm. we are considering leaving a relationship or just checking in and sharing things I suppose yeah it's tricky with friends because often they're so protective of yes. us. Yes. And, you know, I think I could probably, everyone I know would say they've been in a situation where they've dumped or offloaded to a girlfriend about their partner and then turn around the next day and patch things up with the partner and all of a sudden their girlfriend's got all this knowledge of the ugly that's yes. in their relationship and that then colours the way things move forward. When it comes to breakups, um, again, your friends are, are going to have your back and they're going to support you regardless. And they're going to have an agenda, whether that's they like this relationship and they think it's good for you, so they're mm. going to encourage you to be in it, or they don't and they're going to c- encourage you to get out. So I think it's important to keep in mind that friends are friends for a reason. They're not professionals, they're friends, mm-hmm. and they're there to offer subjective advice. And it's going to be coloured through, you know, the love that they feel for you. Mm-hmm. But I think it is also to, important to be able to balance that with a more rational, objective voice. And that's where it comes to, you know, speaking to a coach or a psychologist mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe a trusted friend who's outside your immediate friendship group. Maybe it's a relative, someone who can be that voice of reason. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. I've definitely been in, in that kind of situation where you've shared something and then yeah, you can kind of change people's views on someone and then mm-hmm. it, from there on, as you said, they have a different, I suppose, they look through different lenses That's when right. they when you talk about them. So yeah. it can be so difficult. But then at the same time, I feel like sometimes if you're in a relationship where you aren't being treated maybe equally and you're just looking for all the good things, it can be really important to have mm-hmm. your friends to say, hey, you're actually not being treated the way that you deserve to be. Yeah. So it can be a really hard balance. But that's such mm-hmm. good advice to go to speak to someone or go to a relative or someone that's not in that circle. Yeah. Yeah, that's such great advice. What about, I suppose, our own independence? How important do you think it is to kind of feel, and I know you love speaking about confidence and Mm. I'd love to speak to you about that. How important is it to feel confident within yourself before you enter a relationship? Yeah. I guess there's two ways to look at this in that, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of, particularly women over the years who've said, when I do X, I'll be ready for a relationship. Mm. So when I lose weight is a big one. When I lose X number of kilos or when I get my next promotion at work or when I buy a house is one I've heard a lot of. When I've got my own property, then I'll be ready to be in a relationship with someone else. And, you know, these are obviously, you know, barriers and it's a, it's a form of self-sabotage. We're putting these barriers between ourselves and essentially happiness. Mm. Um, but that's because we're telling ourselves that in order to be worthy of that relationship, we need to have, you know, certain things in our world. Mm. Um, the truth is, 
you're never really ready for a relationship. It's just like you're never really ready to have a baby. You know, there's no such yeah. thing as ready for <laughs> yeah. these things because, you know, they're challenging and they're they're a colourful mix of good and bad and hard and easy and all of those challenges thrown into one. So you can never be fully prepared. So I think that's one thing to just to reassure mm-hmm. your listeners that you're never going to feel 100% ready to step into a relationship because it does that does not exist. Mm. Nobody's perfectly ready. Um, and people are unpredictable. You don't know what this pers- person's going to throw up to you that you're going to need to respond to and it might be something you've never been through before. So you don't have that skill set. Mm. But I think the best place to enter into a relationship is from a really good foundation of self-esteem and self-efficacy. So they're really the two um, the two things that make up confidence, I think. So, you know, self-esteem is what we were tapping into earlier and self-worth, which is that I am worthy. I deserve a good relationship mm. and to really, really believe that. I mean to your core. You know, and so often if we've grown up in dysfunctional families or if we've been through trauma or if we've had difficult experiences, it can be very normal to not really authentically believe that we deserve that happiness or that success in a relationship. So that's the first piece. Mm, That's so important. Oh, absolutely. And self-efficacy is the other part, which is really believing that you can be successful in a relationship. Hmm. You know, I, I hear women say all the time, oh, I'm hopeless at relationships. And, you know, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, but also you're saying to yourself, I, I, I'm not paying any credit to the lessons I've learned in past relationships because, you know, I believe everyone who, whether you've had an intimate relationship or not, maybe it's just relationships with friends, colleagues, mm-hmm. family, you've had relationships and you've built relationship skills over the years. And so there's something to be said for taking the time to do a bit of a self audit and, you know, just identifying what are the strengths and skills that I've built up over the years that I can op- apply to my next relationship. Yeah, that is, it's so, I think it's just so important to be able to do that. And mm. and the stuff you said about just about in knowing that you're worthy is yeah. so important. And I hope that everyone listening can hear that mm. and know that everyone's worthy to be, you know, to be loved and also to feel valued in their own relationship. Yeah. What about for anyone that might've been in a, I suppose, a negative relationship mm. where they weren't happy and then they've kind of gone into another relationship. And what we found with our guests last week is that, um, she went from one relationship and then would fill the voids in her next relationship, but it meant that other things kind of slipped away. Mm. Is there anything that you recommend doing after you finish a relationship? I feel like sometimes with feelings, you kind of forget if you were really hurt or you forget what really upsets you. Do you recommend writing it down or mm. thinking like, this is what I actually really need in someone? And obviously everyone's different in what they need. Do you recommend writing that down and just being able to revisit it or is there yes. another way to do it? Yes, I yeah. think writing it down is great. Having a period of consolidation and reflection between mm. relationships is wonderful. Yes. Um, I, I cannot emphasise that enough. You know, I, I don't think it's ever a good idea to jump from one relationship into the next because, of course, it's highly likely that you're just going to repeat the same patterns. Mm. You're probably going to choose a partner that's very similar to the one before, whether they look different or not. So, yes, writing it down is, is wonderful. So going through that phase of journaling, you know, of self-reflection, mm. of extracting the lessons from that past relationship and really identifying what what 
role did I play in any of the problems in that relationship? Mm. You know, have a really hard look in the mirror Um, because, of course, every relationship struggle has two sides and we Mm. always contribute to them um, in, in one way or another. Um, unless it's abusive, then of course, you know, that, that's, a, that's a very different category. Um, so yes, I, I do definitely advocate that. Um, you know, there's some great apps out there um, that can really help you with not just gratitude, but also just journaling and, and, and really recording your thinking processes, you know, and, and it can ha- some of them can help you restructure as well. Um, one that I really recommend and, and use with a lot of my clients is called Mood Kit. So M-O-O-D-K-I-T, mm-hmm. Mood Kit. It's designed by psychologists and it Amazing. can help you restructure your thinking and, you know, really identify if you're falling into thinking traps and get you to reframe. Uh, that's We'll put that in the show notes. That great. sounds great. I'm going to download yeah. it myself. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> so, mm. um, so with the relationships, I think that sometimes we can become more dependent on our partners or our partners can become more dependent on us. Mm. And that I suppose that's a bit about life, how we go through hard things and they'll go through hard things and we're there to support each other. But if you find that you're becoming really dependent in a relationship and you want to kind of, you don't want to end the relationship because you're really happy, but you want to get a little bit more independent. Mm. Is there a way to go about that? Mm. How do you speak to your clients when they want to navigate something like that? Look, I think this relates a lot to what we were talking about earlier in regard to your voice, you know, having that voice in a relationship. Um, and often that's the first thing to go, mm. you know, is that sense of being heard and being valued. Mm. So if you are, you know, disciplined enough with your partner to be doing these weekly check-ins, then that's the place mm. where you get the opportunity to talk about this stuff. And, you know, before it it blows out of proportion into a massive problem, to just be able to bring up those little things that are starting to niggle away at you and sort of say, look, you know, this week when I really wanted to go to the gym, um, you made it virtually impossible for me because you did X you know, what could we do next week to make sure that I get, you know, my three sessions at the gym because that's really important to me. So just being assertive, not just. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> it's hard, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, it's not always easy, but finding a way to have your voice heard is what's going to ensure that. And I think it might be really nice. Like the way that you've suggested to do it before a date night seems yeah. like such a nice way because it can be a routine thing. And, yeah. and maybe if you get into routine with it, I think the bringing up something like that to start with is daunting. And because mm. it's not maybe it not, might not be normal in people's relationships, but I I feel like anyone that's kind of listening and feeling like oh that's too hard for me. If you just it's like with anything, you take the jump and you start doing it and then it becomes more of a routine and yeah. you can start having those conversations. And, you know, I think it's quite appropriate to call out the awkwardness with your partner yeah. <laughs> and to say, oh, I was listening to this podcast and they, these crazy women had this idea. Can we just try <laughs> it, you know, and have a bit of a laugh with yeah. it, you know, the first time and just say, oh, it feels really weird saying this, but, you know, when this happened this week, I felt a little bit like this and I'd prefer it if you could try it like this. And, you know, I feel weird saying it. And look, all of that kind of meta communication, mm-hmm. so communication about your communication is absolutely fine. <laughs> so I, think, I think it's kind of essential because it is an unusual situation. You're mm-hmm. right. This is not normal kind of um, communication flows in a relationship or most relationships. You're introducing something new. So I think humour and a bit of self-deprecating <laughs> laughter can, you know, really help. 
the process. Yeah, and so we're communicating about communicating. Right. <laughs> it's so meta. <laughs> no, I love it, but it's such a great tool that I think so mm. many so many of our listeners will be able to take something from. So thank you so much um, for your time, Mel, and such for all your advice. I really, really appreciate it, and I think our community will really resonate with it. Wonderful. Thanks, Laura. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed that chat. Um, Lawsy, what did you take from her practical, very practical and very good advice? It was practical, wasn't yeah. it? Um, oh, so much. I really, really enjoyed it. And I think I actually, apologies to everyone who listened to that. I chimed in quite a lot in that one because no, the whole did. time, well, I mean, we're meant to reflect at the end, but yeah. I just found myself being like, oh my goodness, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so for me, it was the, the main things were, and I mean, it ties into what we spoke about mm. with my recommendation at the start um, about in a relationship when you kind of think I will I, when you're not in a relationship and you're single and thinking I will be ready when mm. and I think it's just I mean it's something that we always some I think we all played in our head all the time that mm. I'm not good enough now but I will be and I don't think that should be kind totally. of the reason that you can't or you can do anything in your life so I, I really liked that um, and then also I think the thing with friends was such a again it just validated in my head things that I was like I wonder if this is actually Mm. what happens and I think it's really important to find an objective opinion when it comes to your relationships because you know as Mel said your friends you know they're going to be looking at at it with their biased opinion because they care for you so Mm. so so much Mm. Um, but I thought that was really good and I think even that if it means if you are having any struggles in your relationship to go and speak to a counsellor together Mm. and like there's no shame in that Mm. and that's totally fine doesn't mean anything wrong it just might mean that you actually want to make things better yeah Yeah, exactly um or some other objective kind of person in your life but I just think it's really important yeah I I agree and I think the one thing that I was nodding along um a lot to was the communication everything about communication I was just totally agreeing with um I think any time in any of my past relationships even the current one with Josh like if we ever have an issue it's like talk about it talk about it and we'll work it out and if we don't work it out this time around we'll work it around next time um but I just found that in the past um in other relationships where I didn't really speak up about things I wasn't exactly comfortable with or um I felt should be different it never changed Mm. because I never spoke up about it and I suppose if when you do speak up about it that there's any retaliation and it doesn't really go your way then then you can kind of question whether or not that's something that's really important to Mm. you and if you should stay in that relationship or not um so yeah I think all that talk on communication being key was so spot on Mm -hmm. um definitely yeah and I think also with communication it comes back to again that no relationship Mm. is perfect and I think that's the biggest risk with social media is that you see people's relationships online and you think oh my god I want mine to be like that but you know no one's relationship is perfect and I think that's really important to remember that I mean we always think the grass is greener and Mm. that's something I think that is just always in our head within relationships sometimes and it's that's why it's so important to realize that no it's actually you can actually try and make what you have obviously if you're not happy or Mm. there are bad things in your relationship of course you don't have to stay there but Mm. no relationship is going to be happy days every single day so that's why communication is so important and just to remember that yeah sometimes if you talk things through it can make the biggest biggest difference yeah but it can be hard when you're just on social media all the time and you see all these special relationships and you know but I think I think again on the communication it's like um when Mel said um you know if you're having a break between relationships and you're looking back at at things that you didn't exactly like about the relationship um and I totally agreed with her when it was you know take a hard look in the mirror and kind of Mm. look at what you did as well because not necessarily you might not have done anything wrong um but 
you might have not spoken up and that could mm. be enough of a wrong thing that you definitely want to make sure in the next relationship that you do speak up when you're uncomfortable. So, yeah. Anyway, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Even though I'm in a very <laughs> happy relationship, I found it really helpful and, and really awesome. So I hope you guys enjoyed um, this podcast and part two of, of last week's. If you didn't listen to last week's, maybe go back and have a listen. Mm. We had a guest on with some very interesting um, relationships and it was it was cool to hear, I suppose, such raw um, it was like talking to a friend, yeah. you know. Um, and we'll obviously be back next Wednesday. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at Keep It Cleaner or Laura.Henshaw or Steph Claire Smith. And of course, our website with more information on our Keep It Cleaner app, www.keepitcleaner.com.au. Bye. Bye. Bye.